In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We've had three beautiful liturgies in the last three days. We began on Friday with the royal hours standing before these holy doors, giving thanks to God for the great blessing which was about to come upon us. Then on Friday late afternoon, we celebrated the liturgy of the Paramon, or the liturgy, the great Vesperal Divine Liturgy of St. Basil on the eve of Christmas. And then on Christmas morning, we celebrated the liturgy of Christmas Day. And today we celebrate the divine liturgy of the Sunday after Christmas. And in all of these liturgies, we hear of the great things that God has done for us. Let us take a few moments to contemplate upon precisely what it is that God has done for us. And I'd like to do this by looking at the Kentuckian and Ecos for this day, and then looking at the epistle reading of Christmas Day, which we read yesterday. We hear in the Ecos, by an ineffable counsel, he who is fleshless is born in the flesh. Speaking about the second person of the Holy Trinity, that he who has existed for all time, he who is God in essence, without body, takes on the flesh. That he who was never born is born this day on Christmas as a little babe in the manger. We read the uncircumscribable is now circumscribed with a body. Uncircumscribable means containless, without bounds, who is everywhere present and fills all things. And yet the God who is uncircumscribable, who is everywhere, suddenly is found in that cave in Bethlehem, in that manger as a little child. The one who is unseen, from all eternity is seen as a little babe in that manger, and he preserved both essences without change, meaning that he is fully God, and that in becoming fully man, he loses none of his divinity and none of the essence of his Godhead. And yet, even as a child fully human, his humanity is full and complete as our humanity was meant to be. And that his humanity takes nothing away from his divinity and his divinity does not compromise his full humanity. The verse says, seen as an infant is he who surpassed perfection and carried in his arms is he who bears the universe the one who created this universe and all the cosmos, the one who cannot be contained is held in the arms of the Virgin on this day. Therefore, at his own birth, as he is God, he crowned them that honored with being his kinsmen, 
And this word of being his kinsman reminds us that in fact God is really born as one of us. God really becomes one of us. It was not a simple change of place. It was not a man who was born, who was blessed by God and called to be his son. No, it is the very God himself who created this world and all the cosmos that becomes one of us that very day. And we hear in the epistle reading of yesterday, and if we start a little early in that epistle, we see the consequence of what took place on Christmas Day, how it transforms and changes our very lives and our relationship with God and with one another. Let us go to St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, where he explains to him the meaning of this sonship, not simply the sonship of Jesus Christ to the Father, but the sonship to which you and I have become as adopted brothers and sisters and as sons and daughters. Because in the birth of Christ, we become adopted in our baptism. St. Paul writes, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Meaning that we have not earned the sonship. We are not physically born of God. Yet God fashioned us with his own hands and breathed life into us. But in that Jesus Christ becomes one of us, he adopts us as his brothers and sisters. Paul writes, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You heard Paul and George sing that beautiful hymn today. As many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. It's a baptismal hymn. It's the hymn that is sung on baptisms. And the reason it's sung today is today is also one of those days that's called to be a baptismal liturgy. Within this liturgy, we were supposed to baptize those who had prepared themselves for baptism. But it says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Every one of us who are immersed in that baptismal font and died to the old Adam and rose from that water in the new Adam who is Christ, all become one. We become adopted brothers and sisters of Christ we become sons and daughters of the living God. We become one family. It says you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Lest we doubt whether or not we are the chosen people of God. Paul reminds us that when we are baptized into that font, we become the children, the seed of Abraham to whom was given the promise of eternal life. And Paul goes on to write, as we heard today, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, 
though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. But that time has come. That time has come in the birth of Jesus Christ. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world, meaning we followed the philosophers and the thinkers of this world. We were not free. We were under their bondage and under their slavery. But St. Paul writes, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive adoption of sons. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. He came to do what we as men and women could not do. As sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, we could not follow the will of the living God. And the law was given to us that we might know how to live because without the law we did not know how to live. But Jesus Christ has come and has fulfilled that law and has raised us to a higher existence. Listen to Paul. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. This endearing term, term Abba, that we call God Daddy. We call God our personal Father. Something the Old Testament and the pagan Jews and the pagans would never do. Because to call God Father means that you are a son and a daughter. And to the Jews, that was blasphemy. Because no one would dare call God their Father. But Paul says to us that we call God Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. We are no longer slaves of this world. We are no longer slaves to sin and death. But we are also no longer servants. Christ says, I no longer call you my servants, but my friends, my brothers and sisters. St. Paul ends with, but then indeed when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God, or are rather unknown by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you deserve again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years, and I'm afraid for you lest I have labored for you in vain. God did not become one of us so that we would remain slaves and servants, but rather he came so that we might be free. No longer is the law enough. No longer is simply following the book enough. But God himself has showered upon us his love and his mercy, and he expects the same of us that we live as his sons and daughters, as his brothers and sisters and his sons and daughters 
of the light of the living God. And God is pure love and mercy and kindness and compassion. And you are, and I are called to do and be the same. This is what Christmas Day has done for us. It has freed us from slavery to sin and death and to bondage to this world and has made us free sons and daughters of the living God and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born. 